You're listening to the Conscious Pharmacist Podcast, a show for pharmacist healthcare providers who have answered the call to practicing on purpose. Now, here's your host, internationally recognized HIV pharmacist, author, speaker, patient advocate, and president of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, and your Conscious Pharmacist, Michelle Sherman. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Michelle Sherman, host of the Conscious Pharmacist podcast and president of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, bringing you the Conscious Pharmacist podcast metamorphosis series in partnership with the Healing Medicine Show and Dr. Blair Tellemeyer. Welcome to episode three, Blair, Identity Shifts for Success. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Um. I'm passionate about this subject because as we were talking about in part two of this series, really, I I first started to practice what I preached in, in starting my own business for the very first time after I lost my job as a clinical hospital pharmacist. And this was, you know, 2014, I was pregnant with my first child. And I'd been told that, you know, pharmacy was a safe career. You're always going to have a job. And I I ended up really in this time where I was six months pregnant and I couldn't imagine going back to just a single job. So I began looking into starting my own consulting business. And, you know, I just kind of thought of creating uh, a side hustle in doing medication therapy management reviews for other in, for independent pharmacies here in my area. So I'm licensed in Arkansas and Missouri. And that kind of gave me the permission. I thought before I even started uh, my, my LLC, I had so many limiting beliefs about myself. I believe that, I couldn't run a business because I didn't have an MBA. I believed that I wasn't an entrepreneur because I didn't take any of the entrepreneurship classes in pharmacy school. (laughs) And I didn't even know how to register an LLC in my state. I didn't know how to set aside taxes uh, as a a 1099 employee. I, I knew none of that. And Yet, I just felt so called to entrepreneurship and to the freedom of being self-employed that I was actually, after a few years of working in consulting, I was I was still working as a, a retail pharmacist on the side and doing my consulting more and more pharmacists started reaching out to me saying, how are, how are you? How are you doing this consulting? How do you set up an LLC? How did you get liability insurance for yourself? And they kept asking me these questions. And I very quickly got to the point to where I couldn't answer them all. So I took on a few one-on-one clients just to see if, if I could help these pharmacists to you know, do their first MTM cases and kind of walk them through what they need for legal, you know, logistical purposes. 
And even then I had so much um, imposter syndrome about even calling myself a business coach or an expert in MTM that I, I, I really, I just had to come up with this new word. I wasn't ready to let go of that identity of a pharmacist. And I wasn't ready to fully step, you know, step into entrepreneurship. So I combined the two words, pharmacist and entrepreneur, to create pharmapreneur. And that was the LLC that I began working with other pharmacists to help them set up their clinical programs. And so at the end of uh, 2015, I had coached a few of these pharmacists to get their LLC going, to get a few clients, to start doing MTMs. And I, I very quickly realized that I was not going to have time for, <laughs> for another job. And so I thought, how do I do this to where I can get this information out to a lot of people at once? And I I was working with a female entrepreneur mastermind group at the time, really focusing on just trying to grow my business here locally in Northeast Arkansas. And in doing that, one of one, well, actually the business coach said, Blair, have you ever thought about creating an online course? And then you can just allow these pharmacists access to the course and they would get information about how to set up an LLC, how to register the business in their state, how to plan for quarterly estimated taxes. And, and then I did that and I thought, well, I'll put it out there. We'll see if anyone's interested. Eight pharmacists signed up and we went through that program. It was initially just a six week program and we put another 16 pharmacists through it in March of 2016. And at the end of that cohort, some of the pharmacists came back to me and said, Blair, this is fantastic content. I've got my consulting program ready to go, but I really want to go work with physicians. I, I want to work in, in primary care. How do I collaborate with physicians in my state? And so then I really started, that's opening a whole nother can of worms when you get to looking at the, the huge variety of what pharmacists are allowed to do from state to state. You would think it's kind of, it's all the same what a pharmacist does, uh, but that is, that's not the case. So we have provider status in some states, but not at the federal level. And so it makes pharmacists working in a, a primary care setting. We have no CPT codes that, that we can bill for our cognitive services. But we do have codes that we can bill Medicare Part D for MTM services. So that's what I was doing. When I began looking at how does a pharmacist work in an ambulatory care setting and bill for their services, most of it had to do with collaborative practice agreements. So that's when I really began looking into it and been, began connecting with pharmacists that were doing super cool things. And one of 
the amazing pharmacist that I met, uh, she shared with me about her program that had community pharmacists in the uh, Skid Row area of LA that were screening homeless patients for HIV. And that person was Michelle Sherman. And, you know, I remember you telling me that story, Michelle, and I was just absolutely blown away by by the the bravery and the the willingness to provide such a much needed uh, access point for very a very very underserved medically underserved community so I still remember that interview that that I did with you, and I just wanted to to really thank you for sharing that because it was it was so inspiring to me, uh, and I still think about it. Oh wow! I mean, you know, talking about transformation and you know working with communities that are underserved or discarded by our society i think is so important you know if, if if we want a healthy wealthy society we have to take care of our society and it's it's very rewarding to to work with people who've really been marginalized and discarded by society as a whole and really put a face on on those individuals and acknowledge them and acknowledge that they exist and that they deserve a place in this world, in this pie in the sky that I, Mm. you know, talked about earlier. We all have a place, no matter who you are and no matter what your bank balance is, we all have a place. And I think that's, you know, so important. And, you know, your story um, from, you know, creating the Pharmapreneur Academy and, having like a place for pharmacists to go where they can like really realize their dreams because, you know, that self-talk that you were talking about, like how you one doesn't deserve it and I can't do it and all those thoughts that go on in our head all the day, all the negatives of how we can't and we don't deserve something is 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 really not who we all are. And, you know, all the pharmacists out there who are listening to the show – you, you can shift, you can change. Nothing stays the same. Who You know, every breath we take is different. Every day, every minute of our lives, things change. There's flux. We're not the same people we were yesterday. We've got new cells. Our, our bodies regenerate and create new cells, new everything every day. We don't have to be stuck in that quagmire. And for myself, and you know, shifting from an HIV pharmacist, like working in a pharmacy, filling prescriptions, I just knew I had to shift and create the consulting company. And as I mentioned before, people thought I was like insane. And you have all this like, oh, my God, how am I going to like make ends meet? How am I going to provide? How am I going to do this? But you, you just you just shift and you just you, you can create that. So, you know, the what you created was a novel, like innovative way for pharmacists to realize their their truth and how they can shift. I know if I ever stayed like filling prescriptions behind a counter, I would have given up pharmacy long ago. Mm. I think as, as, as pharmacists, 
we've got to look at ourselves not so much as scientists, but as creators. And we have this canvas before us. How do we create something extraordinary for the health of our patients? And I mean, I think that's what's the most exciting thing about what I do every day is, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night having these epiphanies like, oh, my God, I can do this. And how do you help your patients with that? Be this artist, be this creator and create and shift yourself from where you are today, maybe behind the counter in a chain store, like literally stressed out high blood pressure to the max. And where do you take yourself? Because I think we all have gifts that we can give to our patients that really change the lives, you know, changing the life of one patient in a day, just making a difference is like everything, you know, talking about, you know, online and everything, you know, through my HIV Thrive website, um, you know, I, I had created a program, you know, living well with HIV, six steps to increase vitality. And I do a lot of talks around LA and, you know, so Southern California for patients on this topic you know, talking about thoughts, food, water, breathing, exercise, and, you know, all those modalities. And I still run into patients, and every time they see me, they tell me how much water they're drinking every day. So oh, I love that. We, we, mustn't, we mustn't disregard the impact that we as pharmacist healthcare providers have on our patients because what we tell them really sticks with them and can make a difference. No matter what's going on with the patient, so, sometimes, and I think I had mentioned this to you before, we can't cure somebody, but we can heal somebody. You know, mm -hmm. even when you think of people dying and on hospice, just being there for them and listening to them, talking to them, maybe even providing some of the meds that they have to take at in the end of life, being there for that person at the end of their life, I think is the greatest gift you can give somebody. And um, being able to heal them before they die. And that's happened multiple times, especially like with HIV patients who have been disowned by their families because they, they were gay and then they have AIDS and being just completely marginalized and disregarded. But if you can do those things for them at the end of their life and just be there and just listen and talk to somebody, you don't have to cure somebody, but you can heal them at the end Absolutely. of their life journey. So those I, are important. I, so I believe that, you know, I, I believe that the energy of healing, you know, going back to the laying on of hands, like we don't even do that anymore, but the laying on of hands used to be a, a, a big part of, of you know, the process of healing and I think that there that there needs to be that intention there for what what does healing look like in this scenario? Maybe for the the person in hospice uh, acting as you know as a healthcare professional acting kind of as a death doula to help with the anxiety and and working through those stages of grief. I remember taking a, a, a very, very impactful class. I still think about it uh, in undergrad called uh, 
on death and dying. And it was taught by the same professor. I think he had been teaching it for 30 years. It was recommended for all pre-pharmacy, pre-nursing, pre-med, pre-dentistry students. And it it really, really changed uh, the the way I I understood Gubler-Ross's five stages of, of the grief and death and dying process. But I think a big part that stood out for me was the, you know, the power of, of words and the healing power of words. And as community pharmacist, the opportunities we have for having very meaningful, very impactful conversations every single day um, are are really our own responsibilities. And, you know, I, I hear pharmacists say, I'm so busy trying to keep up and meet company metrics and do all the things with no staff. Now I've got this person telling me that I should be doing MTM and I should be, you know, walking out to the OTC aisle to have a conversation about nutrition and health. Like she must be crazy. And I don't ever want to talk about these clinical services as a, well, you should be doing this or it's, or that's the right way. I mean, there's, there's only one way and it's the way that you want to practice. But when I fill in at a community pharmacy, I may say, you know, I may only recommend over the counters 50% of the time. And, and that's, that's probably on a good day, you know, someone comes in and asks me, what should I take out here for constipation? And I'm like, oh, you could get, you know, some water, some dried prunes, you know, go for a walk, (laughs) get some movement in, like, there's so many things that I would try before I would recommend, uh, you know, some type of laxative over the counter. So that change, that shift, in perspective and the in the way that you want to practice really comes from within and it comes from that personal formula for success and maybe your idea looks you know of success looks different than my idea or looks different than Michelle's idea in fact it should look different it it is an extremely personalized career journey. <laughs> you know, your career is your career. And to say that the pharmacy organizations aren't doing enough or the pharmacy schools aren't, you know, accepting the right candidates or, you know, whatever. There's a million people we could blame in every single scenario. Um the the thing that I think consciousness and having a conscious approach allows us to do is to take that step back and ask ourselves, is that the way we really want to show up in our day-to-day career? Because if you don't like the way that pharmacy is being marketed and branded, you don't like the way things are being led by our leaders, 
well, there's a real opportunity for you to decide who you want to be and and how you want to have a voice. I mean, on paper, I should not be a leader. I am a small town girl. I I was raised in a very small town in rural Arkansas. I know that's redundant, but you know, 6500 people. It's it's a rural agricultural community. My husband and I own a farm. We are uh, we just started. We are first generation farmers. We have a pasture raised egg farm where we raise twenty thousand chickens on our fifty <laughs> acres, and we produce for a company called Vital Farms, and they're very focused on humane pasture raised. Uh, quality food products, particularly eggs, pasture-raised eggs. And so we contracted with them and we're now selling our eggs in Whole Foods and in Publix and in Kroger's and, and Walmarts. And so if you ever pick up a package of Vital Farm eggs um, and you scan the side, if you look, Telemeyer Farms with a PH, is is actually our farm and i i don't have a residency i don't have a board certification on paper there's nothing that stands out that you would say oh blair she's one she should be one of the most influential pharmacists in the united states there's there's nothing on paper that would make you think that and yet two years in a row you know, I've been voted one of the most influential pharmacists. And with that, because it's voted on by peers and my message has continued to be a, a more holistic focus on nutrition and on how are we how are we approaching this whole health model in order to kind of be coaches, uh, you know, in a, in, in a certain sense, coaching our patients to better health. And so I think, you know, there's so many opportunities that have been created because of this transition to working digitally that now many of the consultants that, that I work with uh, offer telehealth visits and, they can specialize and they can brand themselves. There's a Hashimoto's thyroiditis pharmacist named Isabella Wentz, who is a world-renowned expert on Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And she's written books on Hashimoto's protocols. And I, I think because of her own personal story with that diagnosis and how she was able to make some of these lifestyle changes to help alleviate this autoimmune disease. Um, she's just been a, a real champion for these patients that are dealing with, you know, kind of a, a, a niche diagnosis, sort of like Lyme disease. And there's an opportunity in today's digital age to create an online presence for yourself and to really focus um on a specific niche and and I think that you know that's that's what I've done and and that's what you've done and 
that's an opportunity that all pharmacists have should they choose it. Oh, absolutely. And I think it all, the design of your practice is is a personal journey, like you said. It's it's not, not something, oh, I read a book and this is how you do it step by step. You can give the outline, but the practice and the setting and the way you create it, you create it. It comes, you know, from within you. So, yeah, yeah. great. Well, I'm, I'm looking so forward to part four talking about leadership, wellness, self-care, and personal development in our next episode. Oh, I love personal development. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Pharmacist podcast. We hope you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you miss something, you can listen again or just read the transcript of the show on our website at mishrxconsulting.com forward slash podcasts. If you have a spare minute, don't forget to give us a review or rating on iTunes. Remember to practice on purpose. You're a rock star pharmacist and healthcare provider. And in the words of Mahatma Gandhi, be the change you wish to see in the world. The Conscious Pharmacist podcast is a production of MishRx Pharmacist Consulting Services, your HIV pharmacist and pharmacy experts.